the seventh chapter of Hilchas Malva Valeva, the laws of a lender and borrower. This chapter contains twelve halachas and will continue our discussion of the laws of interest. Perek Shvi, the seventh chapter, halacha Aleph. To understand this halacha, we must review a principle from previous prokim, that there is a distinction made between ribis ktsutsa, interest forbidden by Torah law, and avak ribis, interest forbidden only by rabbinic law. Should it be prohibited by Torah law, the din is that one can recover the interest paid even by going to court, that the judges will take it away from the lender should he have taken interest, which is ribis ktsutsa. However, should it be only Avakrib is forbidden by rabbinic decree, then the law is that wherever the money is, it remains, and the judges do not take a pos- make a positive action in order to recover the money. Therefore, If one person lends money to another and took his field as security up to a certain time, that the time period of the loan was specified, and he will be holding on to the field for that time period. Or that he will hold on to the field until the borrower brings money and then he will leave the field giving it back to the original owner. And in the meantime, the lender was consuming the fruit of the field. Now, as we explained in the previous pedic, he is forbidden by rabbinic law from, from consuming the fruit of this field. At least according to the Rambam, it's only forbidden by rabbinic decree. Nevertheless, he is now eating this fruit, and the question is recovering its value since he did so illegally. Even if he ate enough fruit to cover the entire loan, we do not have him leave the field without getting anything back from his loan. In other words, if he, if Reuben lent Shimon $50 and it was illegally consuming the fruit of Shimon's field, which he took as security, one might think, of course, if Shimon already paid Reuben back, we already said in the case of Avak Ribis, Ribis forbidden by rabbinic decree, Ein Yetzim you cannot collect it in court. So if Shimon already gave back the 50 he would be unable to recover any money from Reuben since it was only prohibited by rabbinic decree. And he ate the 50 in prohibition, but he still cannot recover it in court. But we might think now that since he has not paid the money yet, he can subtract the entire amount from his debt. He owes 50. Shimon cons- Reuben consumed 50 illegally, so therefore he won't pay him anything. The law is that although he can subtract some of it from his debt, he cannot get out of this situation without paying anything. Because if Reuben must give the field back and get no money for it whatsoever, this is as if we have taken away the money in court. As we explained in Allah base of the previous parrot, that since he is not getting anything at all, it is as if the court has dissolved the entire loan. And since in a case of Avakribis, prohibited by rabbinic law, one cannot recover the money in a court of law. And this case looks like such a case. He is not allowed to not pay anything back. And we don't even need to say, in other words, it's certain that if the lender consumed more than the amount that he lends, we don't take it back from him. Let's say Reuben lent Shimon $50 and he consumed $60 worth of fruit from the field. We, we would hope or Shimon would hope that he could be he could not pay any money back and then take ten away from Reuben to compensate for the amount of fruit which he consumed. 
But since it's Avak Ribis, we are not, certainly not allowed to take away from him, and even to make it, that we should cancel his entire loan is also, is also not allowed. And so too, you cannot make an intercalculation between two documents when it comes to this sort of security. The Rambam in the end of the Allah will explain that if uh, Ruvain lent uh, $50 to Ruvain using one field of security and $50 using another field of security, we might think that if he ate less than that 50 on one field and more than 50 on the other, we could average out between the two. However, since it's only by rabbinic decree, we're not allowed to do so, as the Rambam will explain at the end of the halacha. Let's say, however, that it was orphans that took the loan, or that are now in possession of this field. That it was owned by orphans. And the lender consumed an amount of fruit from this field equal to the amount which was borrowed. In such a case, we are allowed to take him away from the field without giving him anything at all. That the sages did not make such a determination in the case of orphans. They were lenient in the case of orphans that they should not have to pay anything back whatsoever. But if... The lender ate more than the amount he borrowed. They still do not allow the orphans to take away the extra amount. However, they are allowed to make an intercalculation from one document to another. And how is this? How do we make such a calculation from one document to another? Let's say he has a field as a security as a result of a loan which was worth a hundred dinar. And he has another field also as a security from the same person with another document also with a hundred dinar. Both fields belong to the same person who borrowed money on one occasion a hundred and another occasion another hundred. This, the lender consumed 50 dinar with her fruit from one field. And from the other field, he consumed 150 dinar, even more than the amount which was lent. So, in this case, the orphans tell the lender, You ate up a total of 200 dinar worth of the fruit. And therefore, therefore you don't get anything back from these loans. And it's as if the two documents were turned into one document and it's considered one big mashkin, one big deposit. If it would not be the case of orphans, we said earlier in the halacha, and in the field which he ate 50, he would subtract the 50 from the 100 he owed and only pay back 50. In the other field where he consumed 150, we don't even allow him to subtract the entire 100. He will still have to pay back according to the determination of the judges, as we discussed in the previous Perek Halacha base, that the judges will determine how much he is allowed to subtract. However, in the case of orphans, they are allowed to count the two uh, securities together and not pay anything. Halacha base. Malkam shenagul malve, mois, a place where the custom is, that as long as the as the borrower pays the money, he is allowed to immediately 
remove the lender from this field or from his security. This is as if it has been explicated as the, at the time of the loan. And therefore you don't have to explain this explicitly since this is the custom. It's understood that whenever he pays back the loan this will be the end of the of the transaction and the lender will have to return the security to the borrower. And so to a place where the custom is that the, the lender can keep possession of the security until the end of the time originally stipulated, this is also as if it has been explicitly stated and one cannot change it. And anyone that takes a security without specifying and there is no custom in this place you cannot repay the loan and remove the security from his possession until 12 months have passed Halacha Gimel in a place where the custom is that whenever the borrower wants he can remove he can pay back the money and remove the lender from the mashkin and however they made a condition opposite way however the lender made the following stipulation that he may not be removed until the end of the time period stipulated then he can keep the mashkin until that time this stipulation is binding and the borrower cannot take the lender off the field even if he wishes to pay back the money beforehand and even though this is the local custom since they have stipulated otherwise. However, if it's the opposite way, if the custom was in this place that the lender cannot be removed until the end of the time period stipulated, and the lender accepted upon himself to remove himself from the field or the mashkam whenever the money is delivered, in this case, a verbal agreement is enough. There has to be a Kenyan suitor by lifting up a, a garment or a piece of cloth to indicate an official act of Kenyan. Until that is done, the verbal declaration is not enough. And this is the difference. In the first case, a verbal declaration by the lender is enough. In the second case, a verbal declaration is insufficient. He must make Kenyan suda. What's the difference between the two cases? In the first case, since what we're doing is lengthening the time period more than the local custom is, that originally in the custom of the place he could keep the, lay the, the borrower could return the money earlier and take the lender away from this field. In such a case, we're now lengthening the time period. The lender holds on to the land. And since the lender anyway is now in possession of the land, he's now holding the mashkin. It is effective merely by a verbal declaration that he can lengthen this time period. He anyway is holding on to it. However, in the second case, the mouth is holding on to the field. It's in his possession. And now we want to shorten the time period. To shorten the time period and take it out of his hands earlier than the local custom, for this a verbal declaration is insufficient. He must have a Kenyan suitor. There must be an official act of Kenyan in order to achieve this shortening of time and taking it away from the Malvin. Halacha Dalet. Hamashkena, in the case of a mashkin, of a deposit, where the custom is that whenever the borrower returns the money, we remove the lender from the mashkin. In this case, it is not considered to be fully the possession of the lender. Therefore, if he dies and 
it, the mashkin goes over to the orphans. Ein bal shall mal the of the oh, person that this lender owed money to and that is now coming to collect from the estate that he has left cannot collect from this deposit which was left by someone else. So if Reuven lent money to Shimon and then Reuven dies and in the meantime Reuven owed money to Levi. Levi now comes to collect from the estate of Reuven and he wants to c- collect using this mashkin the security Reuven is holding from Shimon. In this case he is not allowed that since in this place the custom is whenever the Shimon wanted he could get this mashkin back it's considered not like regular land which belongs to these orphans it's considered considered like metaltalin like a movable object and one cannot collect a loan from movable objects which belong to orphans therefore in this case he would not be able to take this mashkin Kederach gave him in Akarka as would normally be possible that he would be allowed to collect from land even though it belongs to the orphan. And so too, that the firstborn cannot take part of his double portion from this mashkin. That although the commandment of the Torah is that a bacher takes a double portion of what belonged to the father, that's only what was in his absolute possession. And since this was not in his absolute possession, that whenever the borrower wanted to return the money, he could get it back. This is not considered a full possession that the bacher can take a double portion. And so too, Ushviz Mishantata. And so too, that the sabbatical year will release this loan. That although the law is, that a loan which is given with a mashkin is not released in the, in Shnasashviz, is not released in the Shemitah year, nevertheless, that is talking about a mashkin which cannot be reclaimed whenever the borrower wants to return the money. Should he be able to get this mashkin back whenever he wants, it does not have the full law of a mashkin as the Shviz year is concerned. And in this place where the custom is, he can get it back whenever he wants. When he removes the malva from the field, the malva is not allowed to keep even the fruit which has already ripened and fallen to the ground. Even this he is not allowed to keep. However, if in violation of the law, since he is not allowed to take any fruit from this field, but if in violation, he picked up the fruit before they took him away from the field. He acquires them legally. And we cannot take it back from him that since this is only a vakribis, prohibited by rabbinic law, it cannot be recovered in court. However, a place where the custom is that even should the borrower want to return the money, he still cannot take the mashkin away from the lender until the end of the stipulated period. In this case, it's considered to be fully within the possession of the lender. And therefore, Baal Chayv Menu, someone that he owes money to, can collect from this. The firstborn can take double. And his sabbatical year will not release this loan and it would be capable of being collected even after Shnas Hashviz. In this halacha, the Rambam raises a general question which applies to all the previous laws. We learned that when someone takes a mashkin, he is forbidden from consuming the fruit. So why are we discussing whether the custom here is that he should take it, he can reclaim the mashkin before or reclaim it only after, and that will determine what happens to the fruit. Anyway, it's a prohibition to eat the fruit. How could there be a custom relevant over here? 
So the Rambam explains, Even though utilizing and taking the fruit from this security is prohibited, and it's avak ribis, it's interest by rabbinic decree, as we explained in the previous pedic. Nevertheless, we can still have a law of a minic, a custom. Why? Because after she and minic toys, it could be that there is a custom by mistake in a particular land. Or it could be that the mashkin was in the hands of a non-Jew. And in this case, we look what would be the custom regarding recovering a loan in other cases. Or the place is, in this particular place, people normally sin. And they utilize the mashkin illegally. And he happened to give it over as a security in that particular land. Since it's only prohibited by rabbinic decree, we go after the custom in that place. And there are some that rule that what we're speaking about over here is when you have subtracted a certain amount of value from the mashkin. Which as the Rambam brought in the previous pen, that the Rambam's teachers ruled that if it's a case of a field, which would anyway only be prohibited by, by rabbinic law, should there be nikoi, should you subtract part of the debt as a result of using the field, then it is mutter, it is completely allowed. In contrast with the mixas agyenim, quoted in Allah who prohibited the, the Rambam's uh, teachers would hold that it is absolutely permitted. Therefore, it's possible for the Malve to consume the fruit legally. Allah a non-Jew who gave his courtyard as a mashkin, a security to a Jew. And in the meantime, he decided to sell it to another Jew. So at first he gave it as a mashkin. He borrowed money and gave it as a mashkin to Reuven. And he still owes Reuven the money. And in the meantime, he sold this field to Shimon. The question is, is Reuven, who is now living in this non-Jew's courtyard, is he allowed to stay there now that it has been sold to Shimon? The, the one that originally took it as a security, meaning Reuven, is not responsible to pay rent to the other Jew from the time that he bought it. He can live there without paying rent until the non-Jew returns him the money he is owed for which this courtyard is a mashkin. Because according to Goyesha law, which dinner the Malchusadina governing the law of the land is valid as far as relations between a Jew and a non-Jew are concerned. And according to their laws, until the loan has been paid back, the field, the courtyard is within the possession of Ruvain. Therefore, therefore, it's within his ownership. And he has it, until he is given his money, and then he will leave the field. But until, until then, it's 100% his. And as the Magid Mishnah explains, this is only if the Jew who has bought the field has not agreed to discharge the non-Jew's loan. Because if he has agreed to pay back the money which is owed Reuven, and, he, uh, and Reuven is sitting there in the field until Shimon pays him the money which the guy originally borrowed, this would be considered like Rebis. Because in exchange... For the money he is, be, he is owed, for, for that Reuven is owed, he is being allowed 
to stay in this courtyard without paying rent because they are extending the time for the time of the loan, extending the time and allowing him to stay there. This is like like interest. However, since the Jew has not agreed to pay back the loan, he is still waiting for the non-Jew to pay back the loan. Therefore, there is no rebis involved here, there is no theft involved here, since according to Goyesh law, he is legally in possession of the courtyard. Halacha Zayin. Hamamashkin bayas asoda biyad chavere. If one person gives over a security to another, a house or field, and the owner of the land, who is the borrower here, is consuming the fruit of this field or is getting rental fees as a result of renting out the house. And the one that lent him says the following statement. When you come to sell this land, do not sell it to anyone except me and give it to me at such and such a price stipulating a price which is less than its actual value. And he intends to get a break on the price of the house as a result of the loan which he is giving. This is prohibited because this is considered to be interest since he is getting something extra as a result of his loan. However, sell it only to me. But he says, sell it to me for the proper value. And furthermore, and it is upon this condition, with this understanding, that I am giving you the loan in the first place. This is allowed. That although he is limiting the ability of the borrower to sell the land only to him, nevertheless, it's not considered interest. That since he is willing to pay the full, full price, it is still considered allowed and is not considered interest. Halacha You are allowed to add on for the rental fee of land. Ketan, how is this? He's going to lay If Reuben rented Shimon a courtyard, he told him, If you're going to give me the money now, I will charge you ten sella for the entire year. That's if you give me the money up front. However, if you're going to pay the rent monthly, you're going to have to pay me one seller for every month. Nevertheless, this is allowed. That even though by paying it month by month, he is going to end up paying a total of 12 seller, so it seems as if this is a case of interest. If Shimon would give him the money up front, he would charge him only ten sella. Now, Shimon is going, to, is going to hold the money longer. It's as if Reuben is lending Shimon the money, because he, now he is only going to have to pay it month by month, instead of all before the year, the year commences. So now, it seems that Reuben is lending Shimon money, and now he's going to get more back. Instead of getting ten sella for the year, he's going to get twelve sella for the year. It seems as if that extra two sella is interest. Nevertheless, this is mutter. And the Gemara gives the reason that since by, by law, that rental fee only must be paid technically when the full rental period finishes. So therefore, it's not that he's adding on something. In reality, the, the rental fee would only have to be paid at the end. 
in the, the normal seder, the normal way of paying things is in monthly installments. He wants to pay earlier. Then Shimon has the right to give him a discount. He can give him a discount for paying earlier. That's not called ribis. It's not called interest. Since the normal way is to pay at the end, if he wants to give him an extra incentive to pay early, this is okay. It's not considered interest just because he'll pay more for doing it the normal way. That's not called adding on to the normal price. Since by rental fees, it's normally paid at the end. He is allowed to give an incentive to pay early. However, as we'll see at the beginning of Perakhas, this applies only to rental fees. In the case of a sale, such an agreement would be considered interest, which is of great relevance today since there are many sort of incentive deals like this, and in the case of sales, as we'll see in Perakshmini, are considered interest. One person rents another one a field, and he shall pay ten kurim, a certain measure of produce, of seeds, per year. In other words, he rents the field and works it, and takes a portion of the produce, and gives it as his rental fee. But Omar Lay, the one renting the field, makes the following proposition to the owner. Tenli mosayim zuz, shafarnes bohem esasodah. Give me 200 zoos as a loan that I shall use to invest in the field and improve its production capacity. For example, I will use it to buy fertilizer and so on. And in exchange for this loan, And instead, I will give you 12 kur for the entire year. The normal rental fee is only 10. But if you loan me this 200, I will pay 12. And this looks like interest, because in reward... For this 200 zoos of a loan, he'll be paying back 200 zoos. And in addition, he's paying an extra 2 kur per year. Nevertheless, the Rambam says, This is allowed. Because if he improves the quality of the field with this money, its rental value will be even more. Since he is investing it in the field, the field will produce more and it will be worth more as a rental value. And in addition, since he gets all the produce of the field he's renting, he will end up gaining even more. Since he invests this in the field, true, he will have to pay two extra kur as rental fee, but he will get much more than that since he has improved the quality of the field. And so too, if he rented a store or a boat for ten dinar per year, and and the renter says, Tenli Masayim Zuz Sha'evni Bahem Khanuts, Vatsairena Vakarena. Give me as a loan two hundred Zuz that I shall use to rebuild your store and I will decorate it and put new carvings in it, new paneling. Or in the case of a boat, that I will fix up the boat and all of its instruments and so on. And if you lend me this money to make these improvements, I will pay you 12 dinner per year instead of the normal fee of 10. This is also allowed, because just as in the case of the field, as a result of this loan, he will improve the quality of the field and the profit incurring from it. So too in the shop, since he decorates the store more nicely, it will draw more people to the store and he will do better business. And so too, if he fixes up the boat, it will perform better and he will be able to make more money. If, however, he says, give me 200 zoos so that I should invest them in a store, or I will invest it in more goods, more merchandise to transport on a boat, or I will use it to rent out sailors, 
and then I will give you more of a rental fee. This is now forbidden because this is a straight case of interest. He is getting a loan, and in exchange for the loan, he is giving him extra rental fee. This is considered to be to be interest. However, in the previous cases, since he himself will be getting more of a profit, it is allowed. It is forbidden to increase, to stipulate an increase of wages for a person. Ketzad, how is this? One may not tell a person, You cannot make him the following proposition, that today you work for me in this job which is worth one silver piece, and I will do work for you in one of the coming weeks, work which is worth twice as much, which is worth two kesef. What is he doing in this case? Since he is working for him now, a work which is worth one silver piece, it's as if he is borrowing one silver piece from him, and he's paying him back in the future two silver pieces. This is considered to be interest. Incidentally, the Magid Mishnah points out that this statement, you're not allowed to stipulate an increase when it comes to people, does not entirely match the statement in Karka that you are allowed to add on in the wages, in the rental fee of land. What the Rambam said over there, that if a person offers, that if the money is given previously, then he will decrease the price. But we said when it comes to renting land, this is allowed. The Magid Mishnah points out that the same thing applies to any case of schirus, including that of a person. If a worker normally would be paid a certain wages, let's say he would be paid one sela for every month that he works, totaling 12 sela a year. And if he gets paid early, they offer to accept payment of 10 sela for the entire year, that this case of this is allowed, just as is in the case of any schirus, including the karka of Allah Chachas which, as we mentioned, is not the case in the, in the sale, as we'll see in tomorrow's paddock. Allah Chayyud Aleph. Mutter la'adam lemer lechavere. One person is allowed to tell another, Nachesh imi hayeim v'anachesh imcha lemachar. You hoe my field today, and I will hoe your field tomorrow. I will, you assist me today, and I will assist you tomorrow. He is also allowed to say, Adir imi hayeim v'adir imcha lemachar. You plow with me today, and I will plow with you tomorrow. That even though the day might be a little bit longer, the following time, this is nevertheless not considered to be interest, since on such a tiny amount, people are not usually particular. However, he is not allowed to make the following offer. Ho with me today, and I will plow with you tomorrow. Or conversely, that you plow with me, and I will hoe with you. But since the type one type of work might be more difficult than the other, it would turn out that he, that his his friend would do for him an easy job, and he will end up doing even more, paying him back extra. Let's say the weather changes from day to day. The Ramam says we don't care about this; we'd rather look at the season. All the days in the dry season are considered to be the same, and all the days in the revia, the rainy season, are also considered to be alike. However, 
You cannot say, ask the person, you plow with me in, in the dry season, and I will plow with you in the rainy season. Because it's more difficult to plow in the rainy season, since the ground is wet and it's heavier and so on. The So to any similar case, where the difficulty of the jobs is not equivalent. In the final halach of the Perak, halach yid base. We mention in halacha ches regarding a field and in our discussion of halacha yud regarding a person that if the normal wages would be, for example, one sela per month for a worker and he is being paid before he even starts work, one would be allowed to pay him a decreased wage instead of the total of 12 per year to pay him only 10 per year if you give it to him immediately. And although it might appear to be interest since... You are giving him the money earlier, and as a result, you are getting something back. You are saving two, uh, the unit of two, the difference between 12 and 10. Nevertheless, we explain that it's not called interest. That since normally by schirus, by wages, that the rental period finishes, and that the wages must be paid only at the end. Therefore, what he is agreeing to do is by taking his wages earlier to work for a lower wage. And it's just another condition which is being made in the laws of schirus, in the laws of wages. However, this has no relationship with the idea of interest. We will see in this last halacha that this applies only if the agreement has been made at the beginning of his work period. One hires a worker in the in the winter time, evidently the beginning of the winter, to work for him later on, literally in the cold days, apparently meaning meaning later on in the winter. The dinner he is going to pay him one dinner for each day he works, and he gives him his pay immediately, even though he is not going to begin working later. And nevertheless he gets his pay immediately. And in the beginning of the winter, when this arrangement has been made, he is not worth one dinner. His work is worth one sela every day. It is worth four dinrim. He is being paid one-fourth of what he normally would be paid for working during this time period. This is forbidden, says the Rambam. Because it appears that he's giving him a loan today, at the beginning of the winter, in order to subtract from his wages later on. Normally he would have to pay him a seller for his wages. He'll give him a loan now of a dinner, and then he will pay him less wages later on. If, however, he asks him, Work with me, starting today, until a certain time, for one dinner every day. Meaning that he starts to work immediately. In this case, Even though he might really be worth one seller every day, This is allowed. Since he begins to work immediately, it doesn't appear that the employer is receiving additional money for the for proceeding and giving the wages earlier to this worker. In this case, as we mentioned previously, in Allah Chas and Allah Yud, that if you pay him right away instead of at the end of his schirus, or every month, paying him early, you're allowed to give him less of a wage. Because this is a Tanaisha Beschirus, it is a condition, and as long as it has to do with hiring, you're allowed to pay him less. The worker is willing to get less. 
because he's getting his money up front. And the employer is also happy with this arrangement. And the laws of Schidus, there's no problem. However, that is only at the time you're paying him, he is already beginning to work, which is the second case here in our Halachiyid base. However, if you're paying him sometime earlier, and he's not even beginning to work yet, there's a gap between the time he's being paid and the time he begins to work. This no longer appears like a type of schirus. This already appears like a loan. It appears like you're giving him money earlier. And in exchange for that, later on he's going to work for wages, a lower, a lower wage. This, that the employee is agreeing to take a lower wage, is to give extra money to his employer. And that money that the employer is saving appears to be ribis, appears to be interest. If he does it right away, there's no gap between the payment and the work, then it's all considered to be one schiras, it's part of his wages, and he's agreeing to be paid less. Should there be a gap, however, in such a case it would appear to be a loan, and is therefore forbidden.